welcome back to Driven Crazy. This is Colby Knight. I am your host, and welcome back to another week. I, uh, I apologize for the late release. This is, uh, I'm switching the, the upload day to Wednesday instead of Mondays. Just, I've heard it's the best day. We'll see how it goes. If anyone uh, has any suggestions on a release date, uh, if you do, leave it in the comments. Uh, so this week is Nick Guachetta. Nick is one of the best, brightest, and funniest in Southern Virginia. Absolutely hilarious comic. One of my favorite guys to hang out with. One of my favorite guys to see perform. And uh, we had it was a great it was a great week. We had a great conversation. Got into some crazy stuff. This guy has one of the craziest jobs I have ever heard of. Uh, so please give this one a listen. It'll blow your mind in several ways. But yeah, if you want to follow Nick the Eviscerator Guachetta, he's on Instagram as Nick G Comedy. And I am on Instagram as well as Colby Knight Comedy. Knight with a K, as in In Shining Armor and Of the Round Table. But uh, yeah, no, as always, don't forget to subscribe and uh, rate it if you like it, leave a review. And uh, you can message me on Instagram if you have any suggestions, if you want to be on the podcast, anything like that. But uh, as always, let's get cracking, guys. Enjoy. Use this for the police. I'm not like going to charge you money or anything. <laughs> it looks like we're lovely. All right. This is Driven Crazy with Colby Knight, the Nazi cast. How's it going? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna struggle to not call you Juan every time. No, no, I that's fine. You can call me Juan. That is truly my name. But, it is truly uh, your name. His name yeah, is but, uh, Nick Guachetta, but yeah. on Facebook it's Juan Nicholas Guachetta. Yeah. And I have, a, I have a bad habit of calling you Juan all the time. Where are we going, man? Uh, we're going to uh, top of the stairs in Blacksburg, Virginia. Uh, Colby and I are both gonna be on a show with Paul Hooper headline. Paul Hooper, this is Blacksburg, a.k.a. Heaven on Earth. This yeah. is Comedian's Disneyland. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I, love it, I thought you were being sarcastic for a second, but no, that is true. Yeah, the comedians like it, but as a, a place itself, it's horrible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't really have much to compare it to, oh, yeah. uh, but that's just me. Yeah, no, fantastic place. Uh, you plan on doing anything new tonight, or...? don't know. I think there's a joke I've done once before that I think I might I'm probably going to do again tonight uh, but other than that, I don't know. I have I have a few new things I've written down but I don't know if I'm going to do them. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, so, let's get, let's get started on uh, what I, first thing I normally can talk about. Uh, so, what do you do for a living and how did you get into that? Now, if anyone is listening to this... <laughs> I know what Nick does for a living, and this is about to be the craziest thing that'll probably ever happen on this podcast, ever. Yeah. Go uh, for it. So, what I do for a living now is I'm, essentially, I'm a lab assistant in a pathology lab at the board. So, like, uh, I do a large variety of things, like from data entry to, like, really uninteresting things, but the thing that I do that people tend to find interesting is that I uh, help PAs viscerate bodies, which means that I like take apart corpses. So I do all sorts of stuff. Every time I hear that, it never <laughs> ceases to be the most yeah. wild thing. What, 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 that, that can't not have an effect on, that's gotta be the weirdest yeah, thing. I, I really, now, I, I can't recall what the effect was. I, I definitely know that when they told me that was part of the job, I was, you know, I definitely, it caught my attention, obviously, and uh, the first time that I ever did that, I remember, like, taking a moment before I stepped into the actual 
more sweet and like thinking like all right here's like you know the, the first day of the rest of your life sort of thing and I stepped in there and I uh, also recall that that first one I ever helped on was uh, the only time in my life I've ever had to focus on my breathing like my breathing uh, became like involuntary like I guess I had so much adrenaline or something going through my body right but I had to like focus on breathing like a normal person and like my visor kept sweating or like steaming up or whatnot. So I know that first time was certainly like sensational, but at this point I like cannot really recall um, what it was so like insane. to not be disturbed. But now it's like super duper red. Like, you know, there's just, you walk in and there's be a person who's completely, you know, taken apart and it just doesn't phase you. You wouldn't even acknowledge that's, it. You would just walk past and grab something. And come back. That's like, one of those jobs where it's like, you, you know it has to be done, but it's yeah. not something you ever think about. You don't think about, like, oh, who does this? Yeah. I mean, I just sort of wrongly, obviously, assumed that the only people who do that job are, like, serial killers and psychopaths. <laughs> yeah. No, which, I, granted, I'm not sure that you're not yet. But. No, no. <laughs> I mean, they got to do it at the hospital. But it is funny because just, like, right outside the door is, like, this hallway waiting room thing. And there's just a bunch of, like, not medical staff there. Just a bunch of regular people. And to, like, think that this is happening, like, right on the other side of the door. And then, again, just like you said, it's, like, not just that, but just kind of people in total don't normally see that. But, you know, people are dying around them all the time. It's just they get whisked sure. away. And you never really see it. But, yeah. Okay, so so, so how, how did that happen? How did you get into that? Uh, I honestly, uh, I almost cannot recall. I was working as a, like, pharmacy tech, and on a whim, I, like, went on to Indeed.com and applied, because I always wanted to work in a lab, and a pharmacy wasn't enough, like, a lab to be interesting to me. Your job was the dude who takes five hours to put six pills in a cup. Yeah, essentially. So it was very uninteresting. I did a little bit more than that, which was kind of fun because I was irresponsible and I would, <laughs> I, had, I, I have to go deliver prescriptions to people. Okay. And that was actually probably more philosophically enlightening than taking apart people. How so? Because the, the people you deliver prescriptions to are all on like the verge of dying. Uh, they're ooh, they're either people who are in a like nursing home and are very ill, or if it's a young person, they're demented. If it's a super poor person, it, it's still kind of an interesting state to see people in. And then also there's all these people who are like on that like history channel swamp people sort of like <laughs> level. Like there's you get to see the poorest most drug addicted like wow. crazy people as well like and it, it was yeah it was really interesting because before That's... that I don't think I was ever really exposed to adults who had that many issues yeah, like, that, it was that, pretty interesting that makes sense because I mean I, I guess it'd be easy to sort of categorize a dead body as just material that you're working with but when it's that a human being that's in that sort of a state that I can't imagine. Yeah, it's definitely, it's just way more interesting. And then also, like, uh, I don't know, just thinking that part of the society that you're not exposed to that often unless you go very certain places. There's, like, this whole other, you know, population amongst us who are, I, I mean, just kind of metaphorically have, like, a ball and chain around them. Like, yeah. you know, either they're way down... You know, again, I mean, I'm not saying it's like, you know, anybody's fault or something, but like, 
maybe you know maybe someone just is an adult with an IQ of 70 or maybe someone is an adult with $200,000 in debt or maybe someone is an adult whose back is in so much pain they can't leave but there's like all these people who are just like you know stuck to their house and in these horrible dire straits and such like and right. you just don't really see them you know it's it's it was kind of weird but I knew you know 200 of them because I'd go you know drop pills off at their doorstep every now and then it was huh. just bizarre that's that is fantastic Yes, well, yeah, just... So now, now, do you need like? I'm assuming you need a degree to do either of those things. No, I don't have you a degree. You don't have a no, degree. No. So that's you just funny. take. You just leave high school and decide. <laughs> you just like I'm going to take a park corpses. That's, so, that's what happens. Uh, no, not exactly. With uh, both my jobs, the last two jobs I've had are jobs that I think people would uh, prefer. There's probably a lot of people with bachelor's degrees applying for those two jobs I would assume but I think what's going on is that on my resume I have written like bachelors of science discontinued because <clears throat> I went to school for like two and a half years and then dropped out uh, and I write on the resume that you know it's two and a half years it's discontinued I'm not in school now but I don't think they read that part I think that they might glance at my Hispanic name and then like scan my resume and they're like holy shit like this guy's name is Juan Wachetta and he went to private school and college like <laughs> yes we're gonna fucking hire this guy like we would love to have him on staff because huh. when I went into the uh the um pharmacy tech thing he definitely thought I had a, a degree he brought it up and I was like no sir I, I don't have a degree it says that on the resume right and he was like oh okay well whatever hired me anyways and then with this job again I, I don't know exactly I think it's probably a similar circumstance because I recall when I went into this job she said that there were like 60 plus applicants so it's like and there was only one position so I, I think I'm assuming it. Mu I must. My Hispanic name and Hispanic nature must make me a more interesting employee. I would assume because when it comes to qualifications, other than like a good track record of work, because I've like worked consistently since I was 14, I don't know why they would do that. Especially with a weird job, like I'm having to work with doctors. Like I, you know, I make sandwiches. What the <laughs> fuck? Yeah, but they totally hired me. It's crazy. That so so what's listening? They don't want to know what they want to do with their life. You don't need a degree to be the under, not the undertaker, but the, <laughs> no, I'm not the eviscerator. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if, if you want to see a lot of corpses, in no way do you need uh, that. The, the other people, there's other people who step in while we are doing that sometimes, which are also like delivery people and janitors. Like, so you can also be a delivery person or janitor if you want to see dead bodies, but you won't, you're not allowed to touch them unless you pay me for Weird. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the eviscerator, the eviscerator would be like the ultimate wrestler name. Yeah, that would be pretty that's, that's sweet. That's what you do. It's, it's, it's your, your Nick the Eviscerator Quanchetta. Yeah. <laughs> and the trick is I just have a scalpel. Like, I don't have any special moves. I just have... All right, guys, we're back. That was weird. I don't know what just happened. Uh, let's just start from where we were. So, uh, what did you want to do when you left high school? Let's go from there. Okay, yeah, so uh, when I left high school, the day I graduated, instead of going home, I just didn't go home and never went home uh, oh, wow. and so 
I, I knew I, w I was going to college. I had, you know, a scholarship to go to college, so I didn't need money or anything. So I was just willing to be <clears throat> a poor guy who wanted to study biology. Uh, so that was probably, when I left high school, my plan, but not my passion, was to do something in the field of biology. Okay. I didn't really know exactly what that was, but I just wanted to have a bachelor's. That's what my sister's going into, neurobiology. neurobiology. Like, I, that's, See, that's, that's a terrific field. That's, it seems like one. That's, yeah. that, is, that is beyond anything I could do, yeah. to be perfectly honest. It, it, was, it was one thing that always like sticks out in my mind is uh, when I was... I guess it was the very beginning of 12th grade is when you actually start like applying to colleges yep. or something. But I, I was talking to my college advisor and she was just like, man, like I wish you had done this, this and this. And I was like, you goddamn college advisor. Like you should have advised me well, on that shit that was years a, ago. That like, was what happened in my, my school. I mean, the, the school I went to is the Academy for Science and Design. Uh, Sounds fancy. It was it, it was fiftieth best high school in the nation. What up? Fiftieth. Yep. Newsweeks. Fiftieth yeah. best in the country. That's an achievement. But uh, I mean, like ninth grade, they start pushing college on you. Like you got to get a portfolio together. You got to start figuring out where you want to go, and, how to do it. And I don't. So my school had like a, a virtually one hundred percent college attendance, whatever. I'm not sure exactly how you phrase that, yeah. but everyone who graduates go to college. That was basically my school. Yeah, but. But it, they didn't it, advise you. They didn't tell me anything the whole fucking time. Weird. It was like a great education and a great community. And the fucking school is called a college preparatory school, essentially, right? Right. But they never fucking told me anything. And I mean, essentially ever. Not even when I applied. Like, no one ever gave me any fucking advice. And my parents, neither of them went to college. Right. So they didn't have any advice to give me either. And they were, I think, probably just assuming the school was handling it. Imagine, but I just remember yeah. when she was like, well, Nick, your, your options are slim. I just remember being like, what? Like, I, I can't believe you guys were hiding extra shit from me. Uh, like, I was really hoping that you would be, you know, here to advise me, college advisor. Wow. But they did not. Alright, well that's it. this is already starting off as a trip, let me just tell you. Uh, yeah, so also there's some police officers uh, coming by and I noticed today that my inspection sticker has expired. Oh. Now I'm thinking in the dark, I can't imagine no chance they'll ever know that. If it, I can't imagine a police officer that isn't the Terminator would be able to even see that driving by in the night. I have, so every single year, it's my little alert that my sticker is expired is that I get pulled over just every <laughs> single year for like eight years in a row or something. Oh boy. I have been pulled over in the fucking month of January or whatever huh. and told that my sticker's expired. But I also, I, I, I feel like... That's the only way I ever know I have a tail light or a tag light out. Yeah, it's this bag of shit. Jesus Christ. Wait, the, car, the car we are currently behind <laughs> looks like... It's melted Harvey apart. Dent yeah. from The Dark Knight. Absolutely. <laughs> the left half of it is just... Like, <laughs> destroyed somehow or other. <laughs> That's, I, I feel like I mean, there, there is technically light coming out of the left side, so yeah. I don't know if they can get pulled over for that, but I don't know what the fuck happened. That's something not good. <laughs> uh, Alright, so how does that translate into you getting into comedy? That's what I want to know. Oh, okay. So I've always super duper liked comedy. Uh, I like, like, what was your what was your your earliest introduction to it? So my I remember 
when I was like three and four and just like developing memories essentially, I remember that something that I would for some reason be allowed to watch was like In Live In Color and Martin and Live In Single. And, in I know, SNL. No, 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 I'm dating myself. Oh, oh SNL, okay. SNL. So, I mean, SNL, so, really? Yeah. I don't know how to watch that until like senior so, year of high school. So, okay, so my family, I think I had a pretty strange upbringing. Like, my family is very good. My father and my mother are both like kind of disciplinarians, but they also were both restaurateurs. Which means they Ooh. were working what, for what like... What kind of restaurants? Uh, they owned a chain of Italian pizzerias. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, but that means that they were gone like 14 hours a day. That makes sense. You know? So I was just like alone and also being like raised by my older, far more, uh, you know... I'm not sure what the word is. Uh, he was not a responsible person. Irresponsible brother, I suppose. Uh, so I was just exposed to all sorts of crazy shit when I was a kid. But I've just always really, really loved comedy. I've always really loved stand-up comedy specifically, even when I was like, you know, four, five, six. And wow. uh, it's just always like, you know, like sometimes when you like listen to music on the radio, you might envision yourself as the fucking lead guitarist yeah, yeah, yeah. or something. I, as a kid, always envisioned myself. Like when I was riffing jokes with my friends, I'd be like, oh, imagine if I was on stage riffing these jokes. Uh, and so, when I was 20, maybe three, I guess, 23, uh, I got dumped, and I was driving to go hang out with my brother a couple weeks after, because I was like, I hadn't even been a fucking sleep yet or something, I was in such a horrible depression, I was like going to hang out with him, and he is an MC, like, of all sorts, up in Morgantown, West Virginia, and so I was going to see him, and he was like, you're coming up on a good weekend. I'm hosting a comedy show up here. Like, that'll be cool. Uh -huh. Like, if you want to even be on it, like, I can talk to these guys. Oh, and wow. See. So, that so this was is like, like an actually put-together show. This wasn't even an open mic. This was actually a comedy competition oh. between all the best comics How in many people? Why so many people I know get, like, their first time is at a competition? I don't know how anyone has the balls yeah, to do that. It, I, so... I, it was a mixture of like, I guess probably two things, three things. One, I had no, I, I just figured that it would kind of be a breaking the ice sort of thing. I had no high expectations. Two, I was pretty confident in being funny because I had just kind of thought about this moment so many times in my life and I had just gone through that breakup. So I had like a lot of shit on my mind right. to say. And then three... I uh, don't recall what I was going to say, but yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I, the first time I ever did I, I had a similar sort of thing where I, I, I had been, I mean, I had been, before I even knew what it was, it was like running bits with my old roommate when he'd be just driving around. Yeah. Uh, and I, mean, I had a whole list of stuff and then I got up and not only did I have no idea what I was doing, I had no idea what I wanted to talk about it, no punchlines, nothing, and just, just bombed miserably. See, I think, and I've heard other people say this before too, that you go up with like, first off, again, I was like 23, 24, so I had like a quarter century of material saved up, and I mean like, you know what I mean? Like there's yeah. like all this, all the funniest things I've ever thought of are like there on the tip of my tongue, and also like you go with this sort of the, conf the, the confidence of a novice, you know? Like yeah. you just, you think you're about to fucking crush. And I think the combination 
really makes for like a, a good thing. But what I was gonna say was I did well, and if I hadn't done well, I don't know if I would have ever done it again because hmm. I'm kind of like that. So I, I'm so happy and fortunate because I obviously have not done well since then. But if I <laughs> if I had not done well that first time. It would have been like I would have been so fucking crushed. Well, that's what like, you. Never that's what you this. think, right? First time I ever went up was at the Southern uh, in Charlottesville, and as I mentioned, it was a disaster. I forgot premises. Oh, uh, it was. I mean, there was this thirty seconds of silence. It was not good, and for some reason, I got up and said, "Oh, I got to do that again." There is some masochism yeah, that persuaded true, me to go back. I, I, uh, I think, I, yeah. Sorry. I might not be pursuing the way I am if I hadn't gone to Blacksburg. I think that was the first thing that ever huh. really lit the fire under my my behind. So oh yeah, I, I I can. I was standing right in the fucking bullpen when you got off stage the first time, and that I remember so you just being fun. fucking giddy. It was. It took me a long time. Every time I go here, it takes me like a week to cool down yeah. from how how much fun it is. Yeah, that was when I was like, oh, okay, now I see why people. Yeah. Will the uh, Paul Hooper who's headlining? I'm uh, excited to see him. Yeah, Shout out. Saw, Paul, you're fantastic, man. Yeah, he. Uh, I was on a show with him over the weekend, and it was not a conducive room or crowd whatsoever. And me and the first comic pretty much ate shit, and he somehow fucking squeezed out wow. 50 minutes in this fucking room. Like, that's just, it was be, so bonkers, so I'm so excited to see him do this room tonight. That's going like, to be incredible. Yeah, I'm hoping, it's, I'm hoping that it's full at all. They talk time. about, if you, if you don't do well in Blacksburg, there's something very wrong with you <laughs> yeah, and get out of comedy. Yeah, that's what I've, that's what I've discovered. Uh, wow, man. And I'm, I'm going to say that Paul's very, very funny, dude. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, so, what... Why not? Let's do it. Uh, well, another segment I like doing, uh, loosely titled Comedians and Cars Getting Angry. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know, obviously, the title of the podcast is Driven Crazy. So what, what is something that drives you crazy about work, about what you do right now? Uh, so there's tons of shit that drives me. I can imagine. Lay it on me. Completely out of my mind. Something today that really almost caused my brain to bleed was that we have a machine that prints physical cassettes and these cassettes get loaded on to these trays that are stacked on top of each other why kind are you of using like, cassettes so the pathologist and they're sorry the pas um will get a like a, for example an entire organ right they'll get a whole lung or something like this but the slides the doctor needs to see are of just very specific small parts of that entire organ so the PA's job is to just cut a bunch of little sort of kind of quarter domino sized bits from around these larger organ systems and deposit just those so it's just they're refining what specifically the doctor will see by the time it gets to the doctor it'll be very specific because that'll that that tissue will be put in that cassette and forwarded to a histologist who will slice it, you know, a thousand fucking times and find, like, the best single dimension of it possible and then that goes to a doctor. Wow. I'm assuming that's primarily for figuring out cause of death stuff or uh, just research? It just, it, 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 I mean, like, reading the physical makeup of a tissue 
can tell you everything that that definitive thing can tell you. So okay. we, we, we take it from sick people, from you know just regular people, from dead bodies, what have you. But the majority of what we do, they're taken from living patients. The, 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 the vast majority of what we do is uh, get little biopsies, I guess, to test for cancer mostly. Okay. Uh, but like, that's definitely the vast bulk of what we get. And then wow. we get maybe a quarter of the shit we get is like big crazy things and battles. Okay. So, okay, so what 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 is the the biggest thing drives you nuts? Oh yeah, well again, I don't know if it's the biggest thing, but something that drove me fucking nuts today is we have this machine that prints cassettes in a very specific alphanumerical order, and they're all being loaded on these very thin trays that stack on top of each other. And so, as you can imagine, this machine starts lifting this sort of skyscraper of all these very specific sequenced cassettes, and these fucking PAs want some cassettes that's like in the middle or in the bottom of this fucking tower so instead of picking up all the trays in a fucking block they pick one each one up single oh, and no. start stacking it beside the oh, machine no. like a shitty jenga and oh. it's all not in sequence anymore oh. and like all just flimsy and shit and like when i see it with my eyes I think that like if if a psychologist were to see you do this, he would think you were fucking psychopaths. Like, who does this? This is so unhuman oh. that like, because it doesn't even it makes no sense. It makes no like it's not utilitarian to do that. It's not empathetic. It's just like this. It's like what a a, a malfunctioning robot would do in that. Like they're all failing a turning test every time they fucking pick these fucking trays up like that. It drives me wow. up a wall. <laughs> yeah, that's really shitty. That's certainly one. Uh, it was, it was what, the, the three parts that were, what drives you nuts about what you do, what drove you nuts this week. I'm assuming that would be that answer too. Let me thank you. This oh yeah, no, because what drove you this week could be outside of work, so preferably something outside of work. Let me see. Wednesday uh, to Wednesday. Fuck. Between the humps. Day. entirely sure something um i can't even recall what the fuck i did this week oh something that was awkward as shit this weekend so <laughs> my brother is an mc up in morgantown and he throws these comedy shows right. and every time he's done this the comedians get a hotel and so that just involves he'll be like you're staying at the chestnut hotel so me and these other comics, whenever we show up, we don't show up together or anything, we, we get there and you just walk up and either say your name or say his name and they hand you a key, wow. you go to your room, and then when it's all done, you go back to the desk, give them the fucking key, and you go home and you live the rest of your life. This time, he has changed venues or some shit, and so they, they haven't gotten this hotel in advance oh no so i'm hanging out with him and paul and clint text me and they're like hey we're at this hotel and they don't even have reservations for us uh, and so i'm like <laughs> and also i am a super duper non-confrontational person and right. i care very deeply about what good comics think about me right. so this is like horrifying to me that this has already taken place so I, I immediately start talking to Alex and I'm like hey 
the hotel that you said we're staying in doesn't have reservations for us. And he's like, let me make a call. And he makes a phone call and he's like, the front desk lady should find them and take them to the rooms. And so I'm like, hey, is the front desk lady talking to you? And he's like, yes, she is. And I'm like, okay, great. Crisis averted. Then he texts back and he's like, yeah, she wants us to pay for this room. And I'm like, Alex, like, this woman thinks that the comics are, are paying for the room. And right. he's like, yes, they are. And I was oh, like, no. what do you mean? He was like, he was like, you guys all pay for the room up front. And then when I reimburse you for the show, I will pay that, you know, $99 or whatever for the room as well. And then you'll have lost no money. My brother is like a quarter autistic. Uh -huh. So he has no idea that this is deeply offensive to people, right? I'm like, yo, like that, no one does that. Like I understand that mathematically what you're saying right. is fine. No one's losing money. We're just having money taken away from us for one day uh -huh. and then we'll have it reimbursed. But like, I, but he wants me to call these two comics and tell them that. And I'm like, Alex, like we need to get in a car and drive to the hotel and you need to tell them this like I can't these words can't come out of my mouth yeah like there's no way I can say this so we proceed to this hotel and uh, we find Clint and Paul and needless to say they in no way shape or form are excited about hearing this news and so we're in this like shitty Mexican standoff where the four of us are just standing all like you know a, a, you know a quarter of the clock away from each other giving awkward looks except for my brother who has a straight fucking face because he's a quarter autistic and it, we just go back and forth for like 20 minutes until finally my brother just pays for all the rooms wow. with his credit card but again like he wasn't he wasn't being an ass he didn't say any assy things uh -huh. he just kept like not understanding he again he, he just it was just very fucking bizarre but, uh, yeah, it was super awkward for, like, the three regularly wired people and super not awkward uh, for my brother. But I, I would say that was probably the most emotionally impactful thing huh. of my life. I always wonder about stuff like that. Like, I, when someone comes to Blacksburg from out of town, does, 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 is there... There's a hotel. Is, is there one? Okay. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know if, we, if Blacksburg was, like, big enough to have anything like that. Yeah, no, I mean, they definitely have hotels and shit, and this room, uh, you know, Robbie, there's, uh, I think, just a set price for the show and uh, hotel. Okay, okay. But yeah, most of the times, uh, when you're doing shows like this, you can approach a hotel and ask for a rate, because you're going to say, you know, hey, every single week, every two weeks, every right. four weeks, I'm going to get the same room. Like, what's the lowest you'll give it to me if I guarantee, you know, buying uh -huh. it 20 times. That makes sense. Okay, okay. Well, I mean, that was, uh, I, I would, I would certainly imagine being driven up a while about that. Uh, yeah, it was pretty awkward and embarrassing. Again, I try to embarrass myself as little as possible in that real life. Sense. And that one was a pretty bad one. But again, it's, it's also, what makes it extra infuriating is just, again, my brother does things like that uh, all the fucking time and he's not trying to be a dick and so it's not like they come out of something or are reactionary they're just spontaneous and you're like what the fuck are you talking about right now like what right. you're saying and doing is so inappropriate I just can't even you know? yeah 
right. Well, so for the last bit of this, what what drives you the most crazy about comedy? What is something that you see or that have done or just are privy to that drives you crazy? Something I don't know if this drives me crazy. Let me think here. I'm trying to think of something that actually drives me up a wall. I don't know. Two things sort of come to mind. One is just, I guess, bad comics. But that's like, you know, it's pretty simple and douchey and right on the nose of it. Like, right. Sometimes there's just comics who just are not funny and they just. I don't know, aggravate me with their unfunniness. I would say that, uh, so there, there's probably some people who like really consider themselves comics who aren't funny, and those people don't even really fall into the category. Mine's more so is like sometimes open mics, there'll be this person who's obviously just an attention whore of all dimensions, <laughs> like particularly if it's like a beautiful person. Yeah. Like, oh, we had one of those last week at the Southern. Oh, yeah, we've had a few up at uh, Todd's where there'll be a person who, like, could, like, be a model or something, and yeah. they've just had they a certain type so of attention all the time, and then they get up and just eat fucking shit. And at it, it's, tots? It's, yeah, yeah, they eat shit That's not tots. easy. People, yeah, people eat shit at tots sometimes. Hey, guys, so it turns out the uh, file actually got corrupted, and uh, I missed out on the last couple minutes of this episode, so we didn't really get to ask the last two questions. I do apologize for that, but... May it let this be a to-be-continued, and we'll have uh, Nick on in a future episode, and uh, thanks for bearing with me, guys. See ya.